everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. This is episode 257, recorded on August 29th, 2022. And we're here to talk about Splatoon 3, uh, Harvest Stella, Gamescom, and uh, maybe a couple other things that are coming up uh, or have come up recently. Maybe some speculation around this Nintendo Direct that never seems to happen. Uh, but uh, we're here to talk about all that with you. My name is Steve. And I, of course, am joined by Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going? Hey, Steve, always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, Nintendo Direct when, what? No? (laughs) Also, of course, joined by Greg. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good. How's it going, everybody? I echo those uh, Nintendo Direct thoughts as I posted that in our Discord. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's... Speculation all over the place. People are really wanting this Nintendo Direct happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see if it ever happens. We did have a, a Treehouse Live, so that was exciting. So we saw something from Nintendo. Um, just wasn't what we were looking for um, and hoping for, but it was something. So we'll talk about that tonight. Uh, if you are joining us uh, for the first time, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're sharing it with other people out there who also enjoy Nintendo. If you have not joined us live in the live chat, uh, we absolutely love interacting with you all throughout the, the whole recording. So you can join us on YouTube or Twitch. We stream on both and you can join us in either of those uh, chat rooms throughout the entire live show. If you watch it after the fact on YouTube, make sure you throw your comments down below. We'd love to know all your thoughts as well, even if you don't make it during the live chat. And uh, yeah, if you've not joined us on uh, Twitter, make sure you subscribe at Nintendo Fuse on Twitter. And also if you have not joined our Discord that, uh, that Greg was talking about just a bit ago, join that. The link is on the screen, but also in the show notes and the YouTube description. We'd absolutely love to have you there and uh, carry on this conversation with you uh, in between episodes. But uh, yeah, it brings us to the beginning of the episode. If uh, if you guys are the fir- you know this is the first time you've joined us, we talk about video games, talk about what we've been playing, we talk about the recent news in the Nintendo world, we talk about what's coming up uh, in the near future. And so to kick us off, let's talk about what we've been playing. Barry, how about you first? Yeah. Um- <clears throat> this is an interesting two weeks because usually I have like a laundry list of titles and this one, not so much. Uh, so this time I, uh, I'm still playing Pokemon Unite. I'm still going through it. I'm still having fun with it. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's kind of nice just to do more casual play. Um, but that's really it for the major Switch titles. Um, I did mess around with the Super Nintendo app. I played some more Mario P-Cross. Uh, and the main reason I did that was for points, because it, it was the weekly game. Uh, but N64 had Wave Race, right? Wave Race 64. So I got to relive my high school years and and play through some Wave Race 64. And you know that game still holds up? Yeah. Like, it's still so much fun and still so beautiful. So I love that. Nice. I, I got a question um, though. Do you do you play with the the pro controller or do you play with the the N sixty four, you know, switch controller? I, I you know what I did do the pro controller just because I was lazy. <laughs> I was like, do I want to get this? Uh, I'll do the do the pro, and it worked fine. It worked fine. I came in first. You know, I did the the first circuit, and it was fine. Um, then uh, on the the PS five, I completed the game I was playing last time, which was Euro Kill, the combination games. Uh, There's a visual novel hybrid with shmups and 
it's it's I think it's done well. <clears throat> I think the story is really the most intriguing part. The shmups are cool. They kind of go on a little long, but if you love shmups, you'll probably love it. In fact, there's a whole score attack section where if you just like shmups, uh, you can just keep playing the shmups levels. But the story is just really interesting. Uh, for those that don't know, you play the role of several inmates who are in prison and all claim to be wrongfully accused. And you are put through a series of of um, attractions, so to speak, <clears throat> and you do them with your executioner. And one of the cool things about it is your executioner is actually a victim of your crime. And at any time the executioner can push a button and kill you, you have like a necklace around your neck that has like venom. So it's like you can't piss them off and you got to figure out and you're, you're pleading, I'm not guilty. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, really, you know. So you have to try to get through to them and see if you're innocent, but maybe you're not innocent, and you have to figure this out. <clears throat> the killer, the real, you know, not I shouldn't say killer, but the real re person responsible for each individual crimes may be on the island. So you have to decide, oh, am I, you know, the character I'm playing, are, are you really a criminal or are you not? And if you're not, you got to try to find out who the killer is. Uh, I think it's done really well. I think it's six chapters. <clears throat> Um, there's no like replayability outside of the score attack. So I was like, Ooh, do I get to play as all the different characters? But no, you, 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 you play as all the different characters, but there's like one story that ends. Hmm. Uh, but, but a lot of fun, better than I was expecting. Uh, and then finally PC final fantasy 14 dropped the long awaited 6.2 update last week. <clears throat> so I've been on my Island sanctuary farming and catching monsters like Pokemon to raise and give me items and building it up and just having a nice relaxing time. So uh, really cool updates, really interesting to see like Harvest Moon come into Final Fantasy XIV, but the, the game just just keeps expanding and is awesome. Hmm. And then mobile, I'm still playing Mario Kart Tour, just having fun with that. Nice, nice. But going to the chat room, it looks like uh, Jakester said, went back to Earthbound after a long while and got as far as he could uh, getting the sixth sanctuary and finished his third run of Triangle Strategy, uh, started fourth run and finished uh, Martin Luigi Dream Team today and playing uh, Fire Emblem Echoes as well. Nice. So, yeah, let us know what you've been playing in the chat uh, or after the fact in yeah. the comments. We'd love to know what you've been playing. Greg, how about you? Got some new titles this time around, at least after the normal, the mainstay Animal Crossing, still slowly but surely working towards uh, making my island into a more finalized state um, and still playing like Fire Emblem Heroes on the mobile side. But then the new, I, the newer ones, at least for this one, I downloaded Fall Guys and I was able to finally check that out. Um, it's actually kind of fun. Like my, me and my daughter had got into some of the same um rooms together like on both of our switches and it was pretty fun just to be able to play that simultaneously so i actually had a blast uh playing the few rounds i did and it's kind of quite fun and addicting in different ways like some of the <laughs> harder challenges are get like very like you can't like it's much harder to compete like on that hexagon one especially like is i don't know the strategy for that one yet but some of the other ones I've gotten like first place on and just, just feels like I'm playing like a wipe out the game kind of thing with like a cool character. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good analogy. Yeah. Yep. And then um, I also was playing some book quest, which we'll, me and Barry will be talking about in much more detail and for our, our game chat today. So 
that was pretty much it. I did download the new Kirby game, but I didn't get a chance to fire it up. So like I did download the Dream Buffet or whatever and mm. did get a chance to fire it up though, at least that used some of my birthday money on that. Nice, nice. Well, you did play uh, Fall Guys, so it's pretty much the same as uh, as the Kirby Dream Dream Buffet, from what I've heard, Um, just with Kirby instead. Um, But uh, yeah, Um, Jakester's excited about uh, yeah, excited about playing Earthbound again. Um, You know, one of these days he'll be excited about maybe getting it on uh, on Switch or you know maybe Mother Three eventually coming, but we'll see. That day, like our our Discord will probably blow up because you'll be so excited. <laughs> uh, I've been playing several different games. I, I tried out a couple different ones that I picked up for free. Uh, I think right before the last episode, but uh, hadn't hadn't actually booted them up yet. Uh, one of those was Punch Man. So I guess this game has been around for a while. I think it might be on other platforms as well. But um, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in it. I think it's a an all out brawler, but you're like it's a 3D sort of game, and you you like fight each other, but you're on teams. And I thought I was supposed to destroy these blocks or crystals that are there, but I was doing that. My teammate was fighting the other people, and even though I was clearly getting more percentage on for our team and ended up our team won because of that i looked at the scoreboard at the end and my teammate got more points because he he beat up the other team more and i was like but that's not what i thought the point was so i don't know um but it's free you can check it out um it's kind of it it almost feels like an old school online game um because it's got like the chat room built into the the main menu and you can like set up private matches and and all these sort of things so it's very very old school very like land party kind of feeling to it um but it's also not that great um but i'm sure that uh you know it's it's some it's one of those things that i think probably has a small following and people that are really into it are are, you know connecting and having fun and everything but uh but it's probably not gonna be something i'll boot up again but hey it was free and all i did was uh you know waste some time no money um another game that uh i got for free was cyber protocol prologue so cyber protocol is a bigger game uh prologue is the first i think set of um matches or, or stages or whatever and it's a puzzle kind of game puzzle maze kind of game so top down you're trying to make it through by collecting all the the points and crystals or whatever along the way um, you can only go one direction you can't change so as soon as you hit uh, a wall or an enemy or something you stop and then you can change direction so that's kind of the the puzzle maze sort of thing about it but uh but the thing that makes it more difficult is it's not a casual one where you're just like oh yeah i guess i'll go up now and i guess i'll go right and eventually i'll collect all the things and make it to the exit um you when you enter into certain areas you have bombs that you can only stay there for like two seconds before it blows up so you got to keep moving and there's also other enemies that are moving left and right and cutting you off and different things like that they they keep adding into the stages that ramp up the difficulty that make this kind of a frantic puzzle maze type of game so you can't just casually take your time with it so um if that kind of a challenge under a, a time restraint kind of sounds exciting to you uh it, it's free to uh download the prologue um to play uh cyber protocol and um yeah it's it was pretty fun um also played spirit roots so i don't know why but this game showed up in my in an inbox my email 
because it was on sale because it was in my wish list. At some point, apparently, I tossed this game in my wish list. I have no recollection about it all at all. But it popped up on my my email inbox and said, "Hey, Nintendo's like, hey, uh, this is on sale. Um, it's normally like six ninety nine or something like that, and it was on sale for a dollar ninety nine. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be interested. It's a platform game. Sounds cool. And it's from that uh, I can't remember the name of the company now, but it's the same company that has a bunch of other games on there. And lo and behold, they have a discount. So if you bought any of those other fifty something games, it's like 98% off or something. Is it no gravity games? It is not. I think it starts with the D. It's like Digaria. I don't know. Something like that. Digerati? That sounds closer. I'm not sure. But anyway, so there's like all these other games. And I think a couple of them that we may have even talked about previously on the podcast. And so I had uh, at least one of them. So it knocked the price of the game down to like 37 cents. I'm like... Well, sure, I'll buy a game for 37 cents and I really enjoy it. <laughs> it's a fun platformer and uh, I mean, it's not perfect by any means, but it is well worth the 37 cents that I spent on it for sure. And uh, it's probably I think it's got like 50 levels or something like that. So it'll be a game that I'll I'll fire up every once in a while um, and stuff. So it's platformy. It's it's pretty precise. There's there's some things that I wish were a little better with the platforms. So like sometimes you grab a hold of the ledges. Um, when you're near them and you're jumping up and I wanted to jump on the ledge, but it automatically grabbed the ledge or when you're trying to fall down and automatically grab the ledge instead of falling all the way down. Minor gripes, things like that, that I can clearly overlook because the game only costs 37 cents. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for a very, very cheap um, uh, platformer that even at $6.99 at the full price, it's it's not a bad game at all. So um, enjoyed that. Uh, also played Splatoon 3, um, the Splatfest world premiere. We'll talk a little more about that when we get into Splatoon 3 conversations. Um, and also played some Rocket League and Rocket League and some Fall Guys, of course. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I wanted to... I was thinking about testing out the Splatoon 3, but they did it on the worst weekend because mm-hmm. I wasn't home. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to have enough time to play, but I, I was actually able to get several games in because um, some other plans kind of fell through and all of a sudden I had a couple extra hours on my hands. I'm like, well, good. I'm going to boot up Splatoon and see how it goes. So, yeah. Uh, let's look at the chat. Uh, Kevin got uh, Kirby Dream Buffet, buffet uh, the other night for his daughter. Um, super cute. And she's loving unlocking all the costumes and colors for Kirby. And uh, Jake's you're still talking about Earthbound, uh, which, you know, that's it, a surprise. That's no surprise at all. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's worthwhile conversation for sure. So, yeah, be sure to let us know what you've been playing and uh, your thoughts and everything in there. Uh, yeah, just a t- just a, a minute. We're going to get into talking about Splatoon, especially with the the tree, uh, Treehouse Live event and everything like that that happened. But before we get into that, so we got a, a game chat here from Barry and Greg, and they're going to be talking about book quests. So I'll pass it over to you guys, and you can take it away. Sure. So uh, today we're going to be talking about book quests. This is a game from East Asia Soft. Came out on August 10th of this year, 2022. It is a single-player Zelda-like top-down role-playing adventure game, and it has like a mix of like NES sick to a bit of Super Nintendo graphics, uh, where you play this role of this young boy who kind of wakes up that like a link to the past, like all these games. And he sees the spirit of like his dead grandfather is like, Oh, you got to, you know, 
recover this book and there's like it's really interesting because they use like almost like cinematic cutscenes, but they're like almost like still images but it's done really well and you start off you're in a town uh you're the town you start off with you know it's dark and one thing i notice is it, it's kind of it helps you lead into the next directive it tells you what you need to do so it gives you direction so it's not one of those games like zelda one where it's just like it's dangerous to go alone take this it does help at least guide you off in the start um so greg what is your experience with the story and with the, the gameplay of book quest at least from the story perspective i was definitely pretty hooked like i always am like a sucker for like the quest kind of games that we've covered in previous game chats but this is definitely no exception there i mean it doesn't need to be the most in-depth thing but just trying to retrieve like a family book is very interesting and the way that like it's just perceived like that like there's like this thief that gets away with it and you're just kind of chasing him for the first like a few chapters so that's pretty much the extent of what i've played at the story but it's still very interesting and intricate the way they have everything like intertwined in there together um a few of the things that i've noticed that <clears throat> um are probably not at least the greatest in my eyes is like when i was doing the first boss battle you saw against that dragon that was in the trailer that's been playing um the music just kind of dies in the middle of the fight so i was kind of surprised that it doesn't like just continuously loop at least that easily. I mean, I think it starts back up eventually, but um, there's like a, definitely like 10, 30 seconds of like silence. And it's just, you just hear the dragon's fire going through there. Um, in addition, I thought that the boss fight was very much like a hardcore compared to all the previous tasks you had done as well. Like the difficulty spike on that boss was definitely very much present there and i spent at least a good like 20 minutes or more trying to take it down before i eventually was able to successfully take it down so like i did see if there was like a noticeable spike there and then it pretty much just went right back to like how the beginning was like after he beat the boss which is i guess kind of on like more expected to kind of like cool things down a little bit but um it was definitely very shocking to see that so early on in the game, considering like you don't really fight that many difficult enemies and have difficult like um like it's a lot of waiting at least for the first boss. Anyways, it's like you're waiting for the your chance to strike, and you only get like a two or three seconds at a time to hit him. But did you see any of those? Uh, did you experience that? What I had, yep was just talking about yeah. So the music thing, definitely, uh, it seems like each track is only so long and there's not like a, a good looping system in place. And it feels like the developer expected you to not be there that long. But then they put the boss, the, the dragon boss, which is like the ultimate <laughs> bullet sponge, as they say. Like the difficulty ramps up. The health bar to the boss is ridiculously huge. And then you have to, in order to attack the boss, you have to count because he, he shoots like five fireballs, I think it is, and then he'll land and then you have time to hit him four times and then you have to get away because when he lands, he, you know, there's like a dust cloud and it'll hurt you. And it, it, when it hurts you, I mean, it'll take almost like 50% of your health, like it decimates you. And like, that makes sense. You know, a dragon is just crashing, but when he lifts off, it also hurts you. So if you're standing next to him attacking with your short-range sword and he lifts off, there goes another half of your health. And, and you've done like 
three percent of his health and he just murders you in like one shot i'm like oh my god like at first i was like what do i do do i hit the fireballs against the you know try to ricochet them to the guy in the, in the hot air balloon and and then when you get to 50 percent, as if that's not enough and it takes like 10 minutes to get him to 50 percent like it is a slow slog then he starts summoning all these little dragons and then even if you kill the little dragons, he keeps summoning them. So you, it's like, oh my God, you just turned a, a 10 minute thing now into a 20 minute thing. And I never wound up beating the boss because I got him close and I died. And I'm like, I just wasted 30 minutes of my life almost on this boss. <laughs> I am done. Like, like that, that is just, I don't like it when a game doesn't appreciate or, or, or like respect your time. And I feel like that boss, it's, Especially for the first boss, that's like, that's that's too much. Like I feel, if they gave him less life, and most importantly, they didn't hurt you when he gets up, like when he flies up. I think that would have been a, at least a bigger help. But it takes you like a couple tries to realize what kills you, because I'm like, wait, why, why did I die already? Like, what the heck? So, yeah, uh, it's Godspeed there. It was just. <laughs> It was especially noticeable on the last phase of the boss because, like, when he does the lift up, he didn't. There was no visual cue that you were getting hurt. So, like, when I had him down to like like two or three hits left, like I died, and I was like, "How the heck did I die?" There was like nothing even on the screen. And then I discovered like it's because of his uplift, and there wasn't even a visual cue like there was in the previous two phases, where it was like noticeable that like okay, now he's gonna hurt me after a couple seconds. So like all that is like really adjusted and that was made it even more frustrating to have like almost taken down the boss and then like all right mm. now i gotta start the entire thing over again because this thing does like 50 knocks off half your health just for trying to deal with like the updraft and the downdraft kind of thing and yeah that's the other it's just so unforgiving in that sense because it takes off so much of your health in one shot like if it hurt you a little bit, it'd be like, oh, okay, I'd be fine. But it literally will massacre you. You could die that in that boss within the first ten seconds. Uh, it's just, yep. it's insane. <laughs> what did you think of getting up to the boss? I, I, I don't know anything after it, so you could talk about that too. But like, there were some puzzles and some objectives to get to that. Did you find those to be tedious? Did you find them to be just right? Did you find them to be fun? I think it was almost kind of like in the middle, like the first part, like when you go into the forest, like a, there was like a little mini game thing. And that was actually really surprisingly fun. Like it suddenly turned into like a little Mario game and you're platforming over like the little bridge thing and jumping on enemies. And pretty much for the most part, that was heck of a lot of fun doing that very first objective. And then when you get to the actual forest, um, it seemed like it was pretty like straightforward. Like the guard has like the key to the door to the, get to the lever. Like, okay, there's some little bit of backtracking there, but then I noticed like you find the actual axe from like the quest you got from the village. It didn't let me go back to the village to return said axe, but um, and I still haven't returned it after beating the dragon. So I don't know what's when I get an opportunity to actually return the axe because you can't even equip it or use it or anything. So it's definitely a quest item that they don't want you doing anything with it. And then like when you get to the next portion, you're like, you finally find like the door and then you have, to, you have to actually trigger the quest for all the shards to appear. So here I am having pretty much explored the entire forest, like reaching a dead end and the other dead end and whatnot, didn't see anything notable there. I'm like, okay, just like a simple maze. And then when I found the actual door, 
then it was like, oh, now you can go. Now all these shards just magically appear throughout the forest. And now I'm backtracking all to these other dead ends that I've already explored to have to go back there just to find the actual quest item. So that was kind of tedious and unnecessary. It wasn't really valuing my time there. So it was just kind of like, oh, I have to actually trigger the go up to the door to trigger the shard quest and then actually collect everything. Um, so that was not the best mix back there, but the earlier puzzles were sufficient, just like gathering the berries for the guard and hitting like the lever to open up the thorns and whatnot. That seemed pretty straightforward and kind of nice. Yeah. What did you think? Like one thing I do like is when a game will change genres for a bit, just like to, to kind of throw a little homage, like the Mario thing it reminded me very much of like playing Link's Awakening. Where it's like you know top down Zelda and then side scroller. What did you think of the the fast paced jumping platform puzzle to get to the dragon? Because like that was like more difficult for me than I think it should have been. Same. I definitely was not expecting it. I was thinking like, oh, do I hit like up to jump above me? And then like it was you actually it's just only left and right. And then as soon as you figure that out, then like, even then you know, like you still have to have pretty darn good timing. Cause like that screen scroll goes very quickly and it did quickly. take me a few tries to get that down be like, okay, now it's like, boom, left, 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 right, right, right. Like just left, right, left, right. Like, and it's kind of hard to catch up if you like are delayed for even just like two seconds, but are there an any interesting game. Type of things? Like past the dragon, are there any <coughs> of those interesting genre switches? Um, well, the <laughs> next quest after you, yeah, at least after you beat the dragon, you actually have to go back to the forest. So you have to repeat the bridge challenge again. So, um, it was basically the exact same thing. It didn't change. So, um, that was the only other one that I got the chance to play. And then I have just like starting chapter three, I think a little bit before, right before the podcast started. So it's that boss really took way too much yeah. time than I get to admit to sit through, no. um, I mean, there was like a set of, yeah, there was like a rock or whatever at the bottom that you could just let the, all the fireballs like bounce into, and then it even kind of glitched like the little mini dragons for that phase where they get kind of stuck on the rock, and then you're able to like just swipe them because they're not like moving towards you. But oh um, man, I wish I knew that. <laughs> it, it took a little bit to at least get that figured out, but even then, like you like you were saying, like the time respecting is not. <laughs> very good because it's like okay count five fireballs and i get to stab them like five times if i time it right right after like the flare ends and, and then just rinse and repeat until it's he's finally down yeah so this game is normally 6.99 it is currently as of the time of this recording on sale for 5.59 it's 20 percent off would you recommend this game greg at Six ninety nine at five fifty nine or lower or not at all. See, it's kind of like a mixed bag. I understand there's people that do like challenges and really appreciate like this retro style, like Zelda style thing, and and to them, I would def I would more be willing to recommend it in that regard. But if you're not one that like takes challenge like lightly or doesn't um, really cares like really cares for like the most like uh, modern graphics, not like the retro style feel and stuff, then even at that price, I don't know if it would be necessarily worth it. Um, I did catch a few of the spelling errors, like in the story dialogue before the dragon fight. So that was another noticeable thing that I did want to bring up there as well. But um, just due to that first boss and that difficulty spike, I 
think that might discourage a lot of players from wanting to even continue the game if they were not sent on overcoming challenges. I think I'm going to agree with you. If you really enjoy Zelda games or Zelda-style adventures and you enjoy challenge uh, and, and long grindy bosses, then I do highly recommend this game for a try, especially while it's on sale. Um, or you can wait for it to be cheaper. If listening to the description, it sounds like, oh, I, I want to get to that dragon boss and I'm going to die at like 3% and get pissed off and not want to continue, uh, then I would say pass to to avoid. Uh, and full disclaimer, um, we did both get codes from East Asia Soft, so thank you again for those codes. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much book quest. So, uh, you know, if that sounds up your alley, then... You know, good luck. <laughs> and I uh, hope you beat the dragon. Yep. Nice. Nice. Well, I, uh, I think I'm going to stay away just because that dragon alone. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds horrible. That, that yeah, dragon is like, something else. Yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's not like Aquamentus from Legend of Zelda. It's definitely much more difficult. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I wish. It. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, this they're, they're really going here with Zelda here. Like yeah. Zelda 1, like first boss. No. God, mm. No, this... I, I almost feel like it's a perfect boss to give people who think like, oh, they're perfect at video games just to like, oh, yeah, try this. Like, look, this is easy. Like, and just see see if they, like, how quickly they die. And just see how quickly <laughs> they die in their first try. Just to see. Let them continue if they want. But but I'm just curious to see what, like, the record is of, the, like, the first death. <laughs> how quick it happens just from that dragon landing and, and taking <laughs> off. It sounds like one of those games they would actually keep track of your death count and uh, you know even replay them over and over and over again. That kind of that style of game. It doesn't surprisingly. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did unlock the achievements, but I didn't go check them out, so I don't know if there's there could be something that like is locking your number of deaths or something though. So I have no idea. But it's true. But by the time you get to like a thousand deaths, you get another achievement or something. So who knows? I'm waster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk a little about the news that's uh, been recently coming out. And um, just this last Saturday, we had uh, we mentioned this earlier. Splatoon three had their their Splatfest world premiere, and Team Rock won. Team Rock, I was Team Rock. Go Team Rock! Uh, they won in spite of my pitiful pitiful efforts of trying to contribute to team rock um i lost every battle that i played um but go team rock for uh for winning uh the rock paper scissors Splatfest. uh yeah barry you said you didn't get a chance to to play greg did you get any time with it at all nope. yeah i also did not have a chance with the splatoon 3 it was just do the timing, the limited timing things. And then also, I mean, as you, you've said on previous podcasts, I'm ordering it for the story, then not my multiplayer to begin with. So um, I might play like some matches here and there, but my primary focus is definitely more like the story driven stuff and some of the other modes and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually like, I, I think I initially thought, you know, this is going to be a, a fun, you know, experience. I'm going to go check it out and everything. Didn't, didn't really think I was going to get um, any time with it. And uh, so, like I said, logged in and and checked it out. And I was I was pleasantly surprised um, uh, how much I enjoyed it. But at the same time, I would say it, it felt a lot like other Splatoon games. I mean, there was there was some aspects of it that that made it different, of course. But it also like it just it kind of 
looked and, and felt very similar to to what I was used to um, with Splatoon, which is which is not necessarily a, a bad thing overall. It, it, you're getting the same thing that you're expecting, but um, but it didn't feel like a very brand new game. And that's, I think, the the biggest thing that I took away from it. Um, also, I don't know. I did play mostly in the the open category, so I didn't go into the ranked category, I guess. And so at that point, um, I was I don't I think it was just hooking me up with random people of various you know capabilities, maybe. And that's why I, I just kind of lucked out and kept <laughs> being put with people that were not very good and I wasn't very good. So we got slaughtered every time I played. Um, but uh, maybe there was, you know, an opportunity there that I, that I missed by not going into the ranked ones. Um, but uh, I tried out the new, the new weapons, um, the, the triangle or that's like a bow sort of thing. One, I don't like it. Um, I thought I was going to like it. It wasn't that fun. It was also one that you can't just hold down and, and shoot. It was uh, like a nonstop or like you have to like keep clicking it over and over and over again. Um, if you want to uh, keep shooting it um, and there's some different tweaks and stuff. So I think I'd have to spend more time and try to figure out the, the weapons that I really like. I think some of the special weapons are very much overpowered uh, than others. And so that's that's always been a Splatoon thing, but it really didn't feel like, at least from the Splatfest, it didn't feel like there was too many new things added. I think the things that I'm looking forward to mostly in Splatoon 3 are the the return of uh, the Salmon Run being something to do all the time uh, and stuff like that. So um, I did not actually get a chance to go into the 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 one v one v one or the the, you know, the three players Splatfest uh, stuff. I spent most of like the entire time just playing the the regular two v two. Um, but uh, but it was still it was fun. I didn't I enjoyed it. It reminded me um, why I like Splatoon a lot. But it's also one of those games that I think you know it's not like Splatoon one anymore, where everybody was jumping on and there was various you know skill levels and and all the place. It seems like there are definitely some people that are really good at the game now, and I am not one of those people, and uh, and I'm starting to get left behind, um, and uh, which is really unfortunate because I thought like in the beginning Splatoon one kind of seemed like one of those those uh, third person you know, shooters that would kind of level the playing field a little bit. And uh, if you are, at least from my experience in, in the Splatfest uh, world premiere, it it did not level the playing field because I got I got slaughtered the whole time. But in spite of all that, Team Rock still won. So go Team Rock. <laughs> you got something, Greg? I was just gonna kind of a, pretty much agreeing. I think I don't know if they've really iterated as much with Splatoon as they do with other series. It, it seems like they just kind of take the previous game, make some tweaks, add some new weapons here and there. And it just kind of sounds like that's why it's going there. Um, and in addition, like I, there's obviously been a significant period of time since like the first one in what, 2015, where a lot of people have gotten a chance to really get good at it. And I think it's even become somewhat of an esports game as well, where there are people that, play the game a lot more professionally and that's where like it's people those are the people that are super excited to see the latest edition of the game and probably that's where the big skill level bump is mm-hmm. at that point at least too but yeah yeah jakester says uh he thinks uh, splatoon one only leveled the playing field because it was on one of the few wii u games that that made a big splash 
nice pun there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's the case. There wasn't nearly as many players on Wii U, um, so that probably also helps uh, add to it. But but maybe there was those this you know the few and the the proud and the the hardcore that were were playing it, and maybe I was just better at the game than than too. Um, I didn't play much of Splatoon two at all, so it's been it's been a while since I've spent any significant time with the game, and and it definitely showed. I'll just say that for sure. Um, but I let's. Do, oh, go ahead. I was going to say I do think the gamepad made things a lot easier too. Mm. Like I've noticed that from playing Splatoon two. Yeah. Um, I felt like Splatoon one worked a lot better because it had the gamepad and like, oh, I just want to warp to this teammate. It was like, boom, you touch him, and then you're like, you're already going, and yeah. it was like that made a lot more sense, especially like with the motion controls already kind of built in with it. It yeah. felt like a more a um, smoother experience. So like on Splatoon 2, I disabled the motion controls just because I was hmm. using the two sticks or whatever, and it wasn't quite the same. I wasn't having to look down at the map or whatever on like, my hmm. lap or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's it's it's weird to say because there's not too many games that were on Wii U that I say I prefer them on Wii U, um, but Splatoon is definitely one of them. I think you do definitely miss the the having that world map and just being able to tap when you want to. Um, I forget what the it's like hyper jump or something like that over to where your teammate is. Um, that was so much easier and so much smoother on using the the Wii U gamepad. Um, instead, you have to pop up the menu, you have to select where you want to go with the with the controls and then select it. Meanwhile, you're probably going to get shot at while you're doing all that. Um, and so all those different things, it's it's not exactly the same experience as it was on Wii U. And uh, and it does miss, I think, some of those aspects. And it's it's really unfortunate. I like the most motion control still. I, I think I, in my opinion, I think most uh, shooters should have that option not to require it, but to at least have that option because I feel like I am a little more precise with my gameplay with shooters, but I know that some people aren't. So it's nice that you do have that option uh, between the two. Yep. Options are always better. I would never say to ban most controls or anything like that, but I definitely, if they are present, then I think they need to have non most controls present. Like what they did with Skyward Sword. That was very much appreciated not to have motion controls there. Yeah. I remember when I played Splatoon 1 the first time, I was like, oh, the motion controls, I hyped it all up. And it started making me nauseous hmm. just because it was just like frustrating me because I'm trying to aim normally. And like, I'm also like just moving the controller. So I'm trying to move mm-hmm. to the right, but I moved the controller to the left and it's like going the wrong way. So I'm like, why is it like fighting me? Like, I feel like it's yeah. fighting me. And then I realized what was going on. And I was like, no, this is intuitive. Like, it's screwing my brain. If I think I'm going right and it goes left, it's like, no, there's, there's something yeah. wrong. So yeah. I had to turn it off immediately. Yeah. I find that more in the lobby. Like I will get motion sick if I'm just walking around the, whatever they're calling this now. I think it was Inkopolis before and all these different, but whatever the lobby area is, that's where I get motion sickness if I don't watch it. Um, in the game, is fine for the most part. I mean, if I play like maybe 10 games in a row, it might be a different story. But if I'm just jumping in and playing a couple games, I'm fine in game. But when I'm walking around just like, that that is jarring to like have the motion control and everything like that so i don't know what it is i don't know if the maybe the frame rate is different in there or if it's just more loose when you're in the lobby but i notice a very different uh experience between in game and and the lobby 
Well, let's jump into a little bit of the news that happened because on August 25th, we had that Treehouse Live that we mentioned earlier. And in that Treehouse Live, they showed off the single player experience with Splatoon 3. They also talked about and showed off Harvest Stella. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit too. Um, Greg, I know you're really excited about the single player experience in, in Splatoon 3. What did you think about what they showed off at the, during the Treehouse Live? And yeah. Let's not believe with that. Um, I have to confess, I actually didn't watch the Treehouse Live. Um, it kind of got away from me to realize that it was out and about. But um, yeah, I do get to kind of see what you're showing on screen. And that was hoping to go also one of those things that I'm more careful about is going in without spoilers too, like for like Breath of the Wild and Breath of the Wild 2, it's like I'm trying to like minimize <laughs> the exposure. Avert your eyes. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> certain things. But obviously this is not like giving away anything. And Splatoon's yeah. story is nowhere near like a Zelda game like storyline. But um, I think that was probably why I didn't really want to watch the thing because it's like I'm already pretty much sold on getting the game because I've like the first two games and it'll just be one of those games I play here and there. Nothing hardcore where I'll try to unlock everything or whatever. Mm -hmm. Get to level 99 or even play that much of it online. Like I barely even played Splatoon 2 online to begin with, but mm. yeah, I actually didn't watch it and it, I'm sure their story additions are hopefully a bit better than Splatoon 2 because I didn't really care about like having to repeat the same mission with all the weapons. That was kind of unnecessary, uh, at least in my eyes, but I don't know if that's returned. I'm hoping it didn't, but hmm. um, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't play enough of Splatoon 2's storyline to to realize that you had to play them like with all the different weapons. That that sounds annoying. Um, and there's a lot of weapons in that game too. So, <laughs> well, it's like six main ones. It's like okay. oh, trying to like, use like the sniper rifle thing. Like the dualies is usually pretty easy. And then I think like one of them is usually like the roller. So it's some okay. of the challenges that require you to use like the longer range weapons makes gotcha. like using the roller like much harder and you have to be okay. better with dodging and everything. And then so it's like, like obviously types. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So like there's challenges involved because you, you can't be close range with some of the fights or whatever or you need to be farther away or, or like too, you can't get up too close, like with the roller. So it was kind of tricky to like hit some of the things because the rollers range is very small. Gotcha. Gotcha. Barry, did you get a chance to uh, watch the Treehouse Live? What do you think about the uh, single player? I did not. Um, like Greg, I I don't like to all you know go into spoilers for uh, single player stuff, especially if I'm not you know if, if I'm really not sure about a game, I might. But one, I just didn't have the time to watch, and then two. Uh, just from the, I'm glad I didn't because just from the little bit, I actually had to turn my, <laughs> yeah. my, my window off yeah. of, of the stream of, of our stream, just because I was starting to get like cross-eyed and like, like starting to get motion sick just from watching it. And yeah, I know it's a little more choppy watching it through the thing, which doesn't help bad mm -hmm. frame rate doesn't help. But I, I always have this thing when people, when I'm controlling the camera and I know the changes are happening, it doesn't affect me nearly as much as when someone else is having the camera and they're just going crazy. And I'm just like, whoa, hold on, whoa. You know, like, and I'm just watching that gameplay footage and he's looking left and looking right and up and down and like so quickly. I'm like, whoa, no, hold on. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, too fast. And I have no control. <laughs> uh, so I know I wouldn't have even made it through it. Um, 
because I already had a look. Like I, I can't even see the camera right now. I'm like, no, I'm not, <laughs> not looking. Let other people watch, enjoy. But the, you know, it's just one of those things. And Splatoon, like I said, Splatoon do. So Splatoon one actually gave me some motion sickness, mm. which is one of the main reasons I didn't even try Splatoon two despite buying it. So uh, you know, yeah. I still might give it a try um, because I did enjoy the single player of Splatoon mm. one, but it's just you know fast paced, you know especially whiplash, you know, yeah. like action, like left to right or up or down really quickly that like Star Fox zero is the same thing to me. Mm. Like it just makes me nauseous just going up and down and up and down too quickly or looking left and right too quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, if people are happy about it, that's great. I mean, I'm sure it looks fantastic. I'm sure they did a great job showing it off, but it just, it hurt my head. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could understand that for sure. Yeah. At the very beginning, I don't know what they were doing. I think they're, I mean, they were showing off the fact that it has motion controls and how to turn it around, but it was incredibly choppy and like, like all over the place, just like camera going, going everywhere. I'm like, come on guys, you need to like actually do better at this. Like if you want people to play it, um, wasn't the, the best, uh, demo at the very beginning. Uh, but I think the, the biggest thing for me for, for Splatoon, single player like i i enjoy i actually enjoy the story more than the gameplay um uh, for splatoon games like it's an interesting story i mean it's not like super in depth but it's it's enough there to grab me and i want to know what where it's going with the story and i want to know i want to progress that along but the gameplay itself like there's a little bit of challenge there but as you can tell in this one it's like you got one or two enemies that you have to avoid while you're doing this thing. And then eventually you shoot them and you move on to the next thing. And so like eventually it does ramp up as you go, but for the first several levels, it's, it's pretty simple. And I think like, I thought they might be doing something different in this one to, to vary up the gameplay, but it's, it seems like very similar thing. You have some extra moves and stuff like that, but it seems very similar. So I'm sure it's going to be a good experience overall. And they didn't go into the you know, depth in the later levels, which I'm sure do eventually have more stuff going on and, and all that stuff. But in the very beginning, it seems like basically just move from here to there, shoot some people along the way, avoid some people here and there. And eventually you're at the end and now you can progress the story along. And I don't know. I feel like they could do more. Yeah. That's what I've gotten at least from the first two Splatoon games. Like I am more interested in, and the actual story pieces and like the gameplay gets like way too repetitive on the story mission. So it's like not something you can just like sit through and be like, all right, I'm going to do the whole story mode today and like nonstop. It's like after like three or four levels, you're like, I really need to do something else. Like you can only take just hunting down a few enemies like so many times and hitting the checkpoint thing. And like, it just feels like so samey because it's just doing the exact same task in every single level. It's like, Oh, now I got to find those whatever the little um, blueprint in this level. And I got to find this other special weapon piece in this level. And like, it's a lot of it is just like so repetitive. That's the harder aspect of it. But I actually like the actual like um, continuation of the actual like story of like, at least of like two with like Kelly and Marie and stuff like you were mm -hmm. actually like looking for them and whatnot. So it was, that part was very interesting and what kept me going, but like, it's, I was just saying it's kind of hard to just like kind of power through some of the story levels. Cause it's, it's basically just doing the same thing like 10 mm -hmm. times. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Barry, I think we need to explain, um, motion sickness to Jakester. He said he doesn't understand people with motion <laughs> sickness. So pretty much if you get dizzy, if you've ever, 
Like, you figure, figure, like, spinning around, you know, the game where, like, you usually have, like, a baseball bat in the ground, and you put, like, your forehead to it, and you spin around, like, 10 or so times, and then try to run in a straight line. Picture that, but on a grander scale, where the entire room starts spinning, and it gives you a headache, and you lose balance, and you can't focus on any one thing, because everything is constantly moving, and all you could do is lay there with your eyes closed and hope that things will stop. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I think the the worst part, like my my experience with it, is often you get that feeling, but nothing is actually spinning. Yes, like, I don't I don't feel that it's spinning. I just feel the effects of if it were mm -hmm. spinning, and it yeah. is so unnerving and it's so frustrating. Oh. And I'm like, I just want it to stop. <laughs> yes, it is, it is bad. I mean, that's that's the main way to do it. Um. If Jake's or another way you could see if you if you want to experience motion sickness, some you might not experience it. Is the main thing is reading in a car, um, because when you read in a car, your brain is focusing on something that is not moving because the book is stationary, while your body is actually moving because it's in the car. Even though the book is in the car, your body is feeling the forces of moving. You still feel you're moving when you're in a car, but your mind and your eyes are focusing on something that you, you're looking at stationary. Like you look outside the car, you can see, you know, everything moving. So you feel you're moving. But if you're looking at something stationary while your body feels moving, it creates that effect. The same way, like if you go on a teacup ride, you can look inside the teacup, like look down and you won't feel as dizzy, but you look outside and see the rest of the world spinning like this and you start hurling everywhere. Mm -hmm. So um, the same thing with VR. Well, so if you try virtual reality, it's a reverse car sickness. So with certain games with VR, you're moving like you're using the analog stick or whatever, and you're you're walking forward, and your body says, "Oh, you know, we're sitting still," and your mind's like, "No, we're moving." So it's the exact, it's the reverse, and that's what that's what triggers it with people with virtual reality because again, it's that it's that. Mis mixed connection or mm -hmm. the, you know the signal is different where one side of you says you're moving and the other side says you're not and that creates you, it throws off your equilibrium and uh yeah it sucks <laughs> it's weird how like the the population is split like some people that doesn't affect them at all and other people like us that is like i hate it and it's one of the most annoying things <laughs> in the world yeah. um but yeah it's weird like that greg do you get motion sickness a little bit. I was going to say, if you really want to get a ju um, juice of uh, motion sickness, you can go ride that Hogwarts ride at Universal Studios. Because that thing, like, I had to sit down for like an hour after getting off of that thing. Really? <laughs> Just like watching the screen and then like the roller coaster like, actually like, moving you around or whatever, like, dodging like the dragon or whatever in Hogwarts or whatever. That thing, <laughs> just, that ride made me so like motion sickness and normal mm -hmm. roller coasters. Uh, I can be fine, like going on like here or there, but if you're just like riding like the same thing, like four times in like 30 minutes, then yes, yeah, I like, can get motion sickness from that, but that's cause it's so much back to back to back to back kind mm -hmm. of situation. Mm -hmm. I can't just like ride space mountain like 15 times in a row. I mean, like you <laughs> can't even see where you're going. So your body probably thinks that you're stationary, yeah. but like, obviously it's you're in the dark and you, your brain just can't see that you're yeah. moving. When it's and it's so random too. Like I've noticed, I don't get really motion sickness on like roller coasters, but I will in bad virtual reality. Like it doesn't take two minutes before I'm like ready to puke. Um, but then riding in a car, there's situational differences that I've noticed. Like if I if I have eaten 
and I have more of a full stomach, I don't get motion sickness, but I know that affects other people the complete opposite. Um, but cool air usually helps all these different mm-hmm. things like affect your body's interpretation of what's going on around you and your inner ear and equilibrium <laughs> and all those different things. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. I've noticed heat, heat affects me negatively whenever mm-hmm. I'm going to be suffering, but cool, uh, helps. Like I, I was playing the game, uh, Eagle flight on, on, uh, PSVR and that's, you know, you're flying as an Eagle, you're flying around Paris and I have a, a fan. And like that was the only way I could actually play that game is to turn this fan on, which kind of tricked my body because my mind's like you're moving and my body's like you're staying still. But with the fan, it kind of tricked it to think, oh, maybe we are moving. That's why I'm feeling the breeze. And it helped me play for a little bit longer Hmm. and it helped keep my my core temperature cooler Hmm. so I didn't overheat, which never helps. Yeah, Um, that's true. So this tricks. There's tricks to, to combat it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, next time. Or thicker. Okay. I was going to say is the idea of just reading the car is usually spot on because that's where I discovered yeah. that I it would even was possible is parents would be like, oh, you can read a book in the car. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm getting sick from doing <laughs> no, that. No, I can't. <laughs> and then eventually, yeah, like, I, oh, you can bring the Game Boy in the car. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can. it works for a little while. And then until it's nighttime and there's no um, backlight. <laughs> So See, like, I, I used to be able to play Game Boy in the car, but even now yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. Play some Mario Kart in the car. That's that's a trip. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Jake's 3D on the 3DS. <laughs> oh, God. Jakester points out, you know, his mother says, you know, when she's riding in the back seat, uh, she gets motion sick. My father-in-law is like that. Like, mm-hmm. he has to be in the front seat no matter what because he gets motion sickness in the back seat. And I'm like, that's really interesting because I could sit front or back. It never phases me. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So if I sit in, Yeah, if I sit in the middle seat in the back, then I can get motion sickness. I feel like I need to be near a window. Huh. Yeah, because a lot of people huh. have to want to see forward, and so that's why. But if you're in the middle facing forward you need to be by a window on the side but, but i'm usually like in, like at least when i'm in the back i tend to look out the window that's right next to me so i think that's hmm. where that comes from because if i was in like the left seat i would look out the left window if i'm in the right seat i've got the right window but then if, if when i'm in the middle i don't feel like i can look out any window because they're all like an arm's <laughs> length away so it's like <laughs> you feel trapped you can't see your your, your your you know your body is moving but your mind doesn't you see any motion or any mm. signal that it's moving. Oh. Well, next week on Motion Sickness Weekly, we'll be talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, Funny enough, like, I, I don't know if you guys have been seeing, like, uh, different concepts that have been coming out from, like, Apple VR, and it, it prompts me to think, you know, if, if Nintendo ever wanted to venture back into virtual reality, I think that's 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 got to be something that, uh, that they have to conquer. I mean, I have an Oculus Quest that I rarely use because there's very few experiences that I've had that I don't get sick on it. And so like, you know, the thought of even ever getting like the, the PlayStation VR and all those different things, like it's, it excites me, but at the same time, like they've got to perfect that, um, in order for me to, to really want to play it all the time, because there's always a risk that I may get motion sickness, um, from it. So who knows where we're going to do eventually if they, they may eventually jump back into it beyond the, uh, the cardboard, you know, virtually I will have maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's move on to actual Nintendo news. Um, and we'll jump back into the this Treehouse Live uh, event, and they also showed off a new RPG 
from Square Enix uh, put out as we're putting out Harvest Stella. And I believe that's coming out on November 4th, if I remember that date correctly. I think it's November this year. Uh, but Harvest Stella kind of is, is this it's an RPG from from Square Enix that that tells you a lot right there, but it also has a lot of <laughs> harvesting kind of components. Very interesting that you just mentioned earlier, uh, Barry, about the the new um, farming and, and harvesting capabilities that came into Final Fantasy uh, yep. online. And now it seems like they're doing very similar things with um, this. This very much seems like a like a Final Fantasy kind of game with with these harvesting kind of elements, it's almost like, did they have too many ideas that wouldn't work for Final Fantasy? So they put them in Harvestella or maybe vice versa, or they just wanted to like, Hey, go, let's go in both directions with both of these games. I don't know, but um, Barry, this game seems right up your alley. What'd you think about it? It is. Uh, I did not watch the treehouse footage because like Greg said earlier, don't want to be spoiled. I saw the initial announcement in the direct, the, the last direct. And I was like, I'm sold because this is, this is rune factory. This is Square Enix's version of Rune Factory, and I love Rune Factory. I think it's such a great series. Uh, if you like Zelda and you like Harvest Moon, uh, you know it's it's just perfect. And Rune Factory Five was fun. Um, wasn't as good as Four, but it was fun. A little rough around the edges. This seems to have more of a budget, and that excites me. And I almost feel like when Rune Factory was canceled. Because, you know, after Rune Factory 4, the series was canceled. Uh, and then it just came, you know, they were, they were able to bring it back. Um, I feel like Square's tried to fill the niche. Hmm. And uh, and I feel this has been in development for quite some time. So probably longer than the Iowan Sanctuary on 14. I, the, the Iowan Sanctuary is so much more simplified than this. Hmm. But, I, I mean, this is simplified farming too. I mean, it's just... It, it, it looks great. I think the graphics look great. I think the gameplay looks great. I'm excited to play it. Uh, I'm hoping my schedule will be clear uh, for for it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm already sold. I have it pre-ordered. I very much look forward to this game. Nice. Nice. It's definitely not my thing whatsoever. Um, I, I think it looks fantastic, though. I think that was the the initial thing. Going on graphics alone, I would I would buy this game because I think it looks great and I think it would be fun. Um, but man, I already don't have enough time for RPGs and you throw in the the farming and harvesting on top of that. And I'm like, Psh, that just elongates the game for me. And there's no way I have the time for this sort of thing. Um, it's simplified, though. It's so, so simplified. That is true. But uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think it looks great, though. Uh, Greg, have you got a chance to, to look much into Harvestella? And what do you think? Yeah, not as much as I had missed the treehouse thing, but I don't think I'm really on board like, with like, the farming elements in some of the games. Like I think a lot of the farming simulator type games like Harvest Moon and stuff haven't really been for me in general. I can see that it's definitely very simplified the way they have it on screen but it just seems like it's i don't know not my kind of style of game so i don't think i'll be picking this one up despite it being from square and they make excellent rpg games mm, yeah what was the name of the game like super popular that i'm totally blanking on right now that was like a stardew valley uh, yeah stardew valley like um i never played it is this what's how's that compare with stardew valley very you know um I haven't played Stardew Valley, but from everything I understand, Stardew Valley is more like traditional Harvest Moon, 
which okay. it's more the farming is the major purpose of it. And then you have like the town and you got the people and, you know, the events and the relationships you build and the rune factory, which this is more on. It has all that, but it's got the adventure aspect where you go mm -hmm. out and you do quests and you have combat and different weapons and you, you, you know, you actually have to worry about equipment and there's a crafting system where you need to, you know, you defeat enemies and you get their drops and you could farm to make better equipment and um, almost a little like monster hunter in that sense. But again, much, much simplified than monster hunter and there's a lot less grinding. Mm. Um, and there's like these, these epic quests to go on and, and loot to find and uh, dungeons to explore. Uh, it's... Uh, it's very different because of that. So okay. the honestly, like the main purpose to farming like in Rune Factory is for money. Because mm -hmm. enemies don't drop money. So you just need to farm for money. And and other than that, you could play it just like a Zelda game mm -hmm. with one hub town. And that's why I so said like if you're on the fence, I, I think Rune Factory four, uh, you could probably get cheaper. Rune Factory four special on the Switch. It's sixteen bit style graphics, two D um, I think that is a perfect, perfect way to see if you like the farming slash adventure hybrid genre that, that Rune Factory pretty much created, hmm. um, or at least it feels like it really created it, mm -hmm. and see. And if you play that and you say, oh, I really like that, then I think Harvestella is perfect to try as well as the rest of the Rune Factory games. Cool, cool. That's good to hear, too, because I think I, I never liked the idea of Stardew Valley. Now that you started talking about it, I remembered why I, I never thought I would like it, because it was it was farming first, where I think the idea of yeah. it being adventure first sounds more exciting to me. If you have to farm, there's a there's a purpose behind it so you can progress and so you can <laughs> get what you need and, and those there, kind of things. There's also relationships. Like, I don't know how it is in this game. But like in Rune Factory, there's a relationship with the townsfolk. You can talk to them. You can give them gifts and, and build a relationship meter, you know, and they each have quests. So the more like they like you, the more they know you, you'll start getting their personal quests and you'll get to know them more. And then in those games, you can actually get, you know, go on dates and you could actually get married and then have kids and, and all that stuff like you like you really can progress as much as you want. It's, it's really cool. Gotcha. Like how, it lets you have that freedom. Cool. Yeah, this game. Uh, I, I I believe the the date is November fourth, third, something like that. So um, shouldn't have to be waiting too much longer if you are uh, into uh, really excited about Harvestella. Just pulled up the page. Yep, um, November fourth is when when it comes out. So if you're interested in it, um, yeah, I believe it's coming out on Steam and Switch. I think it might be a Switch exclusive uh, for console, but I think it's also going to be on Steam, if I remember correctly. Um, probably also has it listed on this page, and I can just scroll down and, and tell you, yep, exactly. Uh, so we have physical on, on Switch and digital on both Steam and Switch. So if you want it on console, you're going to have to get it on Switch. Um, but if you want it on PC, you can head over to Steam and get it there as well. So, yeah, um, I probably can still stay on the uh, out for now but it is it's exciting to hear that it's mostly if it if it does fall now, fall into the, the the harvest moon it's not going to be farming first that that is exciting to me now what if there's a demo would you try the demo oh totally absolutely i'll try 100%, almost any I would, demo. <laughs> yeah i would definitely try the demo i i hope they put a demo out for this to uh let people try especially if it's one of the good demos where your progress carries over yeah 
Well, if they did it with like the the triangle strategy and the, yeah, the Octopath. games like Octopath, yeah, like that was fantastic to be able to get uh, my hang of the, the hang of the game and see if I wanted to get it. Like Octopath, I love the the graphics. Similar to this one, I think Square puts out like amazing looking games and they grab my attention first. Um, but it's nice to be able to get hands on with it and actually experience it. And I know, OK, I, I will like this for the long haul or that was fun for 30 minutes and I'm OK with putting it down. Let's uh, move on and talk about a couple uh, other things that have been happening. First of all, uh, Gamescom. Gamescon is going on. Uh, Gamescom, sorry. I always want to call it Gamescon. Do you guys do that too? Or is that just me? Gamescon, because I think it's, it's a convention. You. Like con. It is a convention. But it's Gamescom. So Gamescom has happened. Uh, so I don't. I, I didn't hear anything big coming out of Gamescom so far as for for Nintendo. But uh, we have had several games that have been shown off uh, for the Switch so far. So if you're watching the video version, I'm scrolling them on the screen. Uh, some of these games we've heard about already. I think they just uh, provided a little more information uh, for the Switch versions, or maybe there's uh, some DLC, some updates on it. Um, but as I was looking through the list and, and reviewing and everything for for this podcast episode, I really didn't see anything that that really screamed at me going, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was announced. I can't wait to play it. Um, most of it was like, oh, okay, that's cool. It is coming and I'm moving on. Um, Greg, anything that, that stood out to you from what you've heard from Gamescom yet? Um, well, I didn't really watch the trailer thing, but I do see that they have the Hogwarts legacy on there. And like, I am a pretty big Harry Potter fan and I've been, very excited to know that that one's been coming to Switch because that was a game that I was almost going to be pushing me to go for like an Xbox or PlayStation just to get it. So um, I'm glad they had announced the Switch versions and I can save myself $500. So <laughs> Nice. <clears throat> How about you, Barry? Uh, yeah, I didn't pay attention to Gamescom. I knew it was happening this weekend, but... Uh, I was busy at a different convention <laughs> this weekend, so I uh, I really wasn't looking. But I'm like just looking at there, uh, some great games. Uden Chronicles, I'm very much excited for Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, Sonic Frontiers. But you know, Smurfs Card, I guess, wasn't announced before, but I don't really consider that to be a huge, huge uh, win. Uh, I, there's Terrorbane. Terrorbane was shown off. You know, we reviewed that. We were thank you know able to review that. Uh, some great great titles shown off there, but but I don't think there was any like big announcements that I saw, and I could be missing. And someone's probably like, "Like, how could you not talk about that?" Please let us know what what you thought was a big announcement at Gamescom because I honestly I I wasn't paying attention. I know I know I had to wait for some uh, contacts that I'm trying to trying to get things done, and they're like, "Oh, we're at Gamescom this weekend. We'll talk to you next week." <laughs> so <laughs> so it delayed some of the stuff I need to do, but was, that's about it. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, like uh, Barry said, if, it, if there's anything that like, you know, stood out to you and you're like, hey, why didn't you talk about this from Gamescom? Let us know uh, in the in the chat or in the comments afterwards here on YouTube. And uh, we'll make sure we we check it out. Also, of course, you can let us know on social media as well. But uh, yeah, maybe we missed something that uh, really excites you. We should know. Let's jump into a couple other quick headlines before we uh, move into the latter half or latter, latter part of the uh, this episode. And uh, we're going to first kick it off with Barry. Tell us a little bit about what's going on later this year. 
Yeah, so the Game Awards are coming back on December 8th of 2022. Big surprise there, right? Jeff Keighley missed an award show? No. But it's going to feature a brand new category, Best Adaptation. It recognizes the creative work that authentically adapts video game intellectual property to other popular media, including but not limited to theatrical movies, streaming shows, podcasts, novels, and comic books. What this really means is we absolutely needed a new award to give The Last of Us, so let's quickly create one so that we can give The Last of Us a yet another award. It's <laughs> so true. And the winner is Last of Us Part Two. All right, so no, no. moving on. <laughs> for moving on from there, um, some new fantastic shells for the N sixty four. I guess have been announced. Like it's getting. Um, they're brought to you by Trog Tech, and then they have some mold designs that has like some single color shells and two tone shells, along with some limited edition versions. So um, you can check out their Kickstarter campaign that gives all the details and. Um, support them as they bring back, uh, bring some uh, modern touches to the retro N64. Nice, nice. That Kickstarter, I believe, is going live right now, and you can check it out all on NintendoFuse.com. So, what do you think about all these uh, stories, Barry? Any any hopes beyond the uh, the Last of Us? You know, um, getting another award, or are you going to be picking up anything for for your N64? You know, if if uh, I'm looking like so some of these shells are amazing. I love the Ultra 64 look and and all the different colors and the modern stuff. Like the, the shells look fantastic, and it's it's one of those where if I was playing my N64 more often, I absolutely would go for it because I know there's a ton of people that still play the 64, um, and it's awesome that you can get these modern uh, you know features easier easier now, much easier and at a cool cost. Um, and and the game awards. They're always a sham. I mean, I just watch them for the announcements and to to predictably pick which one is going to easily win. Like, I guarantee you, like, you're going to see the, the game of the year. Like, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to call it. It's going to be Elden Ring, which is a great game, but I'm going to call it. And I guarantee you Xenoblade 3 is not even going to be nominated, like, at all. They're going to be like, oh, that game never came out. I don't know what the what are you talking about? No, that never came out. Um, um, maybe for a thousand, you know, million dollars, you know, just under the table, we might put it in best um mobile game. Maybe I don't know. We'll just throw it somewhere. <laughs> Two million dollars. We could talk about another category. Best family game. <laughs> yeah, it's on a Nintendo console. It's a family game. Best multiplayer game. There you go. <laughs> I'd laugh so hard if they put that on best family game because that game contains. As a Nintendo first-party title, a child literally putting a gun to their head and pulling the trigger. So I would laugh so hard if they did that. <laughs> You'd be like, clearly you do not play this game. Yeah, I've heard that that's that from several people that this is one of the most adult games that Nintendo has ever put out. Oh the yeah, themes by are far. Very very adult. It's a very adult themed game. Not not graphic like blood guts, but mm -hmm. the, the themes of life and death. Like it's heavy. Mm. It it really makes you think and and realize mortality and yeah, it's it's really good. <laughs> like and I'm glad that Nintendo lets Monoliths off do things like that because there every game can't just be fun rainbows, happy go lucky. I could jump in the lava and get another life. Like Sometimes it's good to introduce adult themes because 
we can't escape that from real life. That's part of real life. Mm. And it's better to embrace it and deal with it than pretend it doesn't exist. Mm. You know, like the monkeys, you know, see no evil, hear no evil. Yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, the thing that I'm excited about, uh, going back to the news about um, about the, the Game Awards, I think is there really are a lot of uh, movies, especially in, in some shows as well, that they just don't get any notoriety at all, you know, when it comes to like the other award shows that that will honor that sort of thing. Like the Oscars are never going to give an award to the Sonic movie, for instance. Not that Sonic deserves to, you know, win the award, but it was, I mean, both movies were solid video game movies. And that's exciting to say because we've had so many bad video game movies for a long time. And I really enjoyed both of those movies and, and they, they need a place to be notarized in that way and, and, and recognized for, for the good work that we have made in the other, you know, the, the other fields, um, of adaptation when it comes to video game content. So that's really exciting. Um, I won't be getting any of the N64 stuff. I, I used to, I used to mod some of my consoles. Like I, I had a different screen on my game boy back in the day and I put some, you know, stickers and, um, uh, stuff like that on my, on different systems. But I've, I've actually, I've since gone away from that. I'm like, Nope, I'm, I'm, I like the, the true console that I got exactly from, from the store from Nintendo. So I, I won't be doing that, but it is really cool. If, if you enjoy that sort of thing, these are some really cool designs for sure. Um, Greg, what do you think about these two stories? Yeah, I don't think I'll be going for an N64 shell or whatever at this point. I'm kind of content just looking at the standard black 64 that I have, and I don't even play it as much as I would like because there's way too many Switch games. But, um, yeah, for that, the Game Award thing is very interesting to see. I mean, we do have that Mario movie on the horizon for early next year, so I don't think that that would qualify obviously for this year but it would be around for next year obviously so there's that as well so that will be nice to see i don't know if like they'll even consider like a theme park edition in the future like best Mm. thing brought to like life actual life as a future category and Hmm. that's a good thought like how far will that go is it just constrained to probably to media or will they say any adaptation in any way like would it yeah. yeah, could even be books. I was going like, to say a great book written on it or something too. Uh, I was going to say uh, I hate to burst your bubble, Greg, but the Mario movie is supposed to come out with 2023. There's no chance it's beating Last of Us on Netflix in 2023 because it's coming out early 2023. So I hate to burst your bubble. I know we're we're all going to be sitting there like Mario movie is better, but we all know <laughs> Jeff Keighley is going to be like, sorry, it was Last of Us Netflix yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Chris Pratt. I know. <laughs> uh, we joke, but it's probably definitely going to happen. Uh, <laughs> let's, Maybe I'll get the Mario movie right this time. unlike the nineties. <laughs> it's As funny. You like, go on the nineties is more culted and fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really, I thought that movie was weird, but I really oh, didn't it. think it was awful at the time, but I was also a young kid. And I just yeah. thought it was super exciting to have my, you know, Mario Brothers on the screen. It did not make sense at all, but I didn't care. Neither did Super Mario Brothers 2. That didn't make sense either. But I still played <laughs> it and I loved it because it was Mario. 
it's like as a kid, you know, the Street Fighter 2 movie. I was so happy the Street Fighter is getting a movie because yeah. I, I always loved it. And I watched the movie as a kid and I loved it. And now I watch it as an adult and I'm like, <laughs> I still love it, but I love it for different reasons because it's the most campy movie ever. It like, really it's is. like everyone is chewing the scenery and it's just hilarious, but it's great <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's move into what we're going to be playing over the next couple of weeks. But before we do that, just one more reminder, if you've not followed us on Twitter, be sure to do that at Nintendo Fuse. And also be sure to join our Discord. Uh, both of the links to our social media and our Discord is in the show notes, also on the screen if you're watching the video version and in the uh, YouTube description as well. And uh, one more reminder, be sure to hit the like button here on YouTube, the, the share button, the bell every time we post a video, every time we go live, anything like that, that bell is going to alert you to uh to when we do that and um yeah we'd just love for you to share it with other nintendo fans that are out there we'd love to increase our uh our, our reach and uh, grow this community so let's talk about what we ha- are going to be playing over the next couple weeks and uh again thanks to metacritic we have uh, the list of the next couple weeks games some of the ones that uh, are going to be i'll be scrolling all of them on the video version but some of the ones that are you know of notable interest could probably be this uh teenage mutant ninja turtles cowbunda collection that's coming out in just a couple days we're recording on the 29th oh that's tomorrow i'm so excited and i didn't realize <laughs> tomorrow is the 30th um so getting my package i'm super excited about that also lego brawls comes out on september 2nd and nba 2k 23 comes out on september 9th also splatoon 3 comes out on on uh, splatoon 9th yeah september 9th and uh yeah those are some of the notable games there's several others that are coming out over the next couple weeks as well barry what are you gonna be playing uh maybe of the the new games or maybe hitting some on your backlog uh, my main thing is probably going to be Final Fantasy XIV, as well as you know games to test for uh, for premium probably. Uh, you know I, I might jump into Turtles and and mess around with some of those. You know go back and and relive uh, some stuff. But uh, for the most part, I just I have a very busy work week coming up, and and I've got other responsibilities. I got some doctor's appointments and and stuff I need to do. So uh, I'm not sure how much I'm actually going to be playing. But you, Greg? I'm um, 100% Cowabunga Collection. I'll be playing Turtles 1, my favorite of the Turtle games that I've played. So <laughs> for sure, we'll be reliving my childhood memories and seeing if I can beat the Technodrome once again and hopefully make it to Shredder. Um, and then probably just Splatoon 3, and that probably will at least cover it for newer games. Um, and then obviously, they'll be still hitting some of the Current backlog games, probably doing some more rounds of Five Guys and Five Guys, Fall Guys, <laughs> not eating <laughs> cheese. Fall Guys, FF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fall, play Fall Guys and Five Guys. It's, yep, <laughs> definitely on the plan there. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'll probably just, like, yeah, just going back to revisiting some of those other ones. I might try to do a little bit more book quests to see if there's to make to the next boss, and it just slaughters me some more. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, it will probably be just kind of catching up on other games. Nice, nice. Uh, I think I'm probably going to jump back into some of Spirit Roots um, and uh, see if, how long I can, uh, you know, finish some other levels. Um, that is kind of a, a cool game that I can jump in and out of, and probably one that as I travel here and there, I'll be uh, jumping into that game. Um, of course, I'm going to be playing the the Cowbongo Collection. Um, really excited about that game. I think I said I'm 
couple podcasts ago that I thought it was coming out on July 30th, got all excited. And then I was a month ahead. So now that uh, August 30th is finally tomorrow um, and it's actually arriving, I got the notification that it shipped from Amazon. So uh, pretty excited about that. Now Barry's excited that I actually getting the, the physical yes, version of it. I'm so. very, very happy about that. Yeah. So I figured it, that was one of those games that like if I, I I think through these things, like if I if I lost access to this game, would I be upset? And if I if the answer is yes, then I'd get it on physical. If it's not so much, I don't really care about it. Then, you know, that's a, that's a game I'll go ahead and get on digital. But if if I think I may lose access, if I lose access to it, I'll be upset. That's usually my determining factor. And but, uh, but if you. If you didn't really care that you were going to lose access to it, then why don't you get it for physical for the same price and then you could always sell it and at least make some money back on a game you don't really care about as opposed to buying it digital where you're now stuck with it and... Oh, I only buy games on digital if they're like 37 cents like Spirit Roots or or if I know that I'm going to like it. If it's it's a game like like Mario Kart, for instance, like I yeah. know I'm going to enjoy that game. So I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Yeah. If it's, if it's a game that I'm not so sure about, that is another determining factor that I'll, I'll usually get it on, on physical because I know I can always sell it or, or something like that. Or, um, but, uh, but yeah, if it's a game that I know for sure that I'm going to like, I'll, I'll get it on digital. If, if that's the, if I, you know, Mario Kart, there's going to be another Mario Kart coming out eventually. So I don't really care. The convenience wins, wins out. Um, but, but something like this, this Ninja Turtles collection, like this is, this is a fantastic collection that they've never done before. No, I want that on physical and I want to be able to have access to that anytime I want, um, and, and not lose it for sure. But yeah, if, uh, if I'm not sure about a game, that is, that is also another reason why I do get it on physical just in case. Um, another game that I'm going to probably play that I totally forgot to list and what I've been playing, uh, recently is, um, a, a little game that I've, I, I've told you that I'm going to eventually get back to, and I hadn't for a long time. And I played episode one of life is strange too. So, actually I'm not, I haven't finished episode one yet. I think I'm, I think I'm close to the end, but I, I ran out of time when I was playing. So I, I paused it and it's, it's there. Um, it is, it's good. It's, I like, uh, man, I, I think what I'm realizing <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How much time do we got left? Um, let's turn into the, after it's the motion sickness weekly. Now we're going to turn into the life is strange podcast. Um, Go for it. I think I am <laughs> after this one, I'm going to have to go play some happy games. Um, because <laughs> like, I, I'm really, it's, it's affecting me mentally. Barry. it is, is affecting me. I, I can't, even though I have a desire to sit down for like an entire Saturday and just play through as many, much as I can. I've realized with this one, like I can't take it. Like this is tough stuff that these people are going through and I don't want to yeah. live in that world very much longer. Um, oh, no, even though it's fantastic storytelling and it grabs me, it pulls me in, but it's almost too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, yeah. Episode one really hits Man. you 
right when you least expect oh it gosh, really it's hard. So good. See, like episode uh our our Life is Strange one and True Colors and Before the Storm, like they almost like you see some stuff coming. Like I guess True Colors totally, totally shocked me because I I wasn't expecting that at all. But after I played that game, the other stuff in the other games, like I kind of expected it to happen a little bit. And it starts off kind of in some struggle. But Life is Strange 2 starts off on a happy note. And I was yeah. like, cool, this is different. And then it pulls the rug under my feet, uh, out from under my feet. And I was so upset. And I was <laughs> feeling it. And I was, ugh. But it, at the same time, it was so good that I wanted to keep playing. But I was, I was angry because it was upsetting me again. Um, but in a good way, it just, yeah. So. Well, see, now, it, now it's your <laughs> job to do what you can to protect uh protect the brothers and yeah. and and remember there's the influence meter in this one so what you do influences mm-hmm. how daniel reacts yeah so yeah. i don't know did you get to the convenience store yet uh the no they're chapter. still in the woods right now they just i just uh spent the night in the woods and um, oh yeah okay. you're by the lake and i think that's about where i where i, I thought it and turn it off i thought i know i think the convenience store was before that they stopped at a convenience store but yes. i didn't i didn't li- i didn't experience that in the game it just it just talks about it that oh. i spent the money there and they bought uh, like a milkshake and stuff like that but i I was I was walking oh, you, along and, and I was you didn't in the woods. get to where where like you can you know you can look around the convenience store and find mm-hmm. stuff to purchase. Okay, that must be coming up. No, there there's parts coming in now where you you have to make a decision where you either a try and be the best role model you can be and and live perfectly, which is easy to do when you're just in a video game, or you have to put yourselves in their shoes and think about survival. So, for example, you might see a candy bar, let's just say, yep. and you're hungry. Yep. You're hungry. You, you need to eat. Yep. And it. Oh, you, oh, so you did see that part mm-hmm. where, where you can choose, mm-hmm. do I steal the candy bar, which mm-hmm. sets a bad example, but it also lets you feed your brother mm-hmm. and yourself, or do you starve and say, no, stealing is wrong? Yep. And you're going to get a lot of those type of morality questions where yeah. it's just like – do you, do you like if you see a kid steal food and you know they're on the hungry, they have no food, they have no money. Do you like all right? You know what? You need to survive. We're gonna we're not gonna put you in jail for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you're still committing a crime. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. there's gonna be some of those. Tough I think ones. the one so then of you things... did walk around the convenience store. Then you had no, to. no. I That's unless so it skipped it somehow. Like I because I all of a sudden I was in the woods and they talked about it wasn't a convenience store. I think it was a restaurant. They talked oh, about going to a restaurant because restaurant. they got a cheeseburger and, and a milkshake. And that's how oh, like, yeah, part you of his money out the table. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to that, though. Like, okay. it just it went from him walking down, and all of a sudden they were in the woods. And that then they talked about going to the restaurant, but I never went there in the game. So I'm guessing at uh. some point later I do because they keep talking about, oh, yeah, we'll get another one at some point. But they just happened. They talk about it. That That's all I've that's experienced. Weird. So I remember going there before going to where you unless it's it might be right after 
It might Maybe. be right after. It might be. It, it kind of it feels like there there's going to be either a convenience store or a restaurant or something like that that's going to happen next. There's, there's yeah, there's, it's, there's definitely a lot of things where you have the choice to do one thing or another, and it, mm -hmm. it has an effect. Not only the morality, but also what you do. Yeah. Like, are you eating tonight or are you not eating tonight? Mm -hmm. Are you are you going to be, you know, stealing something that you can actually sleep in and be free from the, the you know, weather elements? Or are you going to be, you know, sitting there using a rock as your pillow kind mm -hmm. of deal? So you have to decide yeah. what to do for you and your brother because you mm -hmm. gotta you gotta focus on both of you. So it, it creates some, and there's people who have to live with this, unfortunately, in life. So it really makes you think and appreciate what you have. I'll tell yeah. you that. Yeah, I think the the thing that I I it was quickly it was one of those those times I think near the beginning of the game that they gave me two options, and I was like I don't want either of those options, and then all of a sudden it through a third option in there. I was like, yes, that's the one I want. So there's like, there's, there's mm -hmm. more control over it and you can, depending on what you do, you have an other options there or you can trigger other options in some different ways. And I really liked that because in the beginning it wasn't, I like, I wanted a, a gray answer and it was only giving me black or white. Um, and, and all of a sudden, like I was able to hit a button and a third option popped up and I'm like, yes, that's what I want. Um, so that's cool. It seems like they're, they're not just doing like, you know, pick left or right now. Left like, or right, oh, yeah. yeah, here's, here's a, a plethora of different options. And that was, that was really cool to see because if it was just going to be left or right all the time, I was going to be frustrated because, I didn't like either option. Um, so wow. it seems like they have kind of thought ahead in that. And that has evolved clearly from uh, from Life is Strange 1 and from Before the Storm. You didn't really have that much. But Life is Strange 2 is prevent presenting more options along the way. It came out after 2. Yeah. Um, did you uh, did you steal the money from the, the chest, the, 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 the jar and all that stuff? Nope. Or did you? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm yeah, planning I, I, morally I, good so far. Yep. Yeah. I, I did that too. I was completely morally good and I didn't lie to my father and all that stuff. And then afterwards I'm like, I might have had more money had I done those things. Like knowing now what happens, maybe yeah. I should have done some of that other stuff. There are times money that it comes like, along that I'm like, man, if I don't watch it, this game might end early. <laughs> like I may die. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't think it's it, going to happen, really but, but those are the kind of level of decisions you have to make. It, it's a very different beast mm -hmm. than the other games in that regards. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see uh, where you you go because you're you're soon gonna meet up where where you were with Captain Spirit. I was wondering because because at the beginning I was like, this is not the same kid. So like, how nope. does this all connect? So okay. Uh, chapter, I think chapter two, um takes place like everything you're doing now is taking place the same time as the beginning of captain spirit and then i think chapter two uh is where the end of captain spirit uh, meets up with life is strange too and it continues okay. in one path cool cool because you you will you will see captain spirit in life is strange too like okay. and and by playing that game first you you know his character more you know what he's going through and you appreciate mm -hmm. him and it makes you feel for him too it's like oh yeah cool you know i want to help you too now because mm -hmm. i know you <laughs> that's cool yeah i think it's uh it's really interesting for sure um yeah greg i hope uh eventually these the, the, the life of strange yeah. collection is supposed to be coming out to switch i can't remember the date but it's uh yeah they now. call it the arcadia bay collection now yeah. instead of remastered i was just that was exactly what i was about to say like 
this is probably a headline that we could have had for today because I see an article right here on August 17th saying that um, the two-game bundle is renamed Life is Strange Arcadia Bay Collection, and it's going to be coming out on September 27th. Oh, there you go. There you so go. Not too long before you can start experiencing it too, Greg. Yep. Yeah. My brother was just... I got him onto True Colors, and then he has an Xbox. Then he got the Life is Strange 1 and 2, and he was kind of telling all these cool options and stuff. We can tell somebody to go, like, your brother to go kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I take it he's enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Looks like Greg's. Yeah, you can can do a lot of things. And and that's also one of those things, too, with, with two, because... Well, the interesting thing is with one, you have the power, you have control. And with True Colors, you have the power, you have control. And with two, you don't have the power. Your brother has the power. And depending on your influence, you can tell him what to do. And even if you tell him what to do, if you're if he's not on good terms with you, he will ignore it. He will absolutely do the opposite despite your decision. So you have to worry about that. And you, he could lose control if you're a terrible influence because he's got such a terrible power. Or if you're a good influence, you'll be under control. Yeah. But there's also times where it's like, should you unleash him or should you be like, no, let's turn the other cheek? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it like creates from the very beginning, memory. you get that, that option. And I'm like, <laughs> technically right now, I want to do both. I want to confront this yeah. bully. And I want to tell my brother he shouldn't have been provoking him, but I have to choose one or the other. Um, Like both (laughs) options need to happen right now. I need to like (laughs) hold on one second. Why you should not provoke him? Okay, now turn around back to him. All right, now I'm going to throw down with you because that was that was annoying. He's like half your size. What are you doing doing fighting him back? (laughs) But I had to choose one or the other. Need a oh, second switch console so then you can have both saved files. <laughs> no, I just go to YouTube and and uh, and find out what the other option was going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to it. It is. And and, and I'll be honest with you, is as, as nuances too is it's uh, you know I liked one and before the storm better. I like mm-hmm. that story better. But there's so many more new mechanics into mm-hmm. that that really affect it. I think yeah. for me it's I like I like the more nomad the uh, the more rooted. Because like Life is Strange, you're in Arcadia Bay before the mm-hmm. storm. Arcadia Bay, just like True Colors, you're you're rooted in that one area. Where two, it's a freaking road trip. The whole yeah. game is a road trip. Mm. Um, you you don't stay in any one location for too mm. long. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually kind of nice. I was uh, down in Breckenridge with my wife uh, a couple weekends ago, and and I was like, I think Breckenridge might have been one of those those towns that they modeled true colors off of. Cause it felt very much, it was like, as I was walking down the street, it was like, Oh my gosh, I just need, <laughs> I need a, a, a median kind of like boulevard thing right here in the middle. And I would be walking in the middle of, of life is strange, true colors right now. <laughs> like I just need a, need a record store over there. And I, I, this is it right here. So there's, there's, there's like the flower a river shop right coming there. there. Pretty much. There was like a river right behind Main Street and everything. It was really, it was like surreal to to be walking down there. (laughs) That's awesome. It could have been an inspiration. Yeah, it definitely could have been. And I heard that uh, Life is Strange, like they're calling it four in the rumors, um, but Life is Strange four. So I guess they're calling True Colors three. I don't know. But but four might go back to the storyline from from one and before the storm. Um, That's what I'm, I'm reading. Of course, it's so. totally rumor, and there's nothing confirmed at all. But that's that's what I've heard so far. 
I want them all to come together. That's what I want. I want to. I want to totally. bring it all together, like MCU, yeah. like Avengers style. It Let's bring it all to together here for sure. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Well, two. I will say this: like one has two endings. Like there's just two endings, and they're two very different endings. Before the storm doesn't only has the one ending, and True Colors has two endings, but they're, yeah. or or I guess I could say four endings in a way, depending on your partner and whether you stay or go. Mm-hmm. But the endings are they don't really have that big of an effect. Two has four. I think it's four, and they're very different. Mm. Like the outcome, I, I want to know what's canon because mm. the endings are vastly different, and there's a time jump in the end. Mm. So I don't know how much time has passed, but mm. they are very, very different. I want to say more, but I can't. Yeah. Um, but just know that it's one of those things where you're going to get an ending, and you're, if you don't like it, you could always look up what the other ones are. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see if you get an ending that you say like, yeah, that was a good conclusion. Yeah, I liked it. That's how I wanted it to do. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. 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 I think that's, yeah, we've talked about this before, but I, I agree with like true colors. I really wasn't like, I, I could have a preference on how it ended, but it wasn't like a drastically like, Oh, world yeah. changing kind of experience. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was my biggest problem with one, true colors. One was very different. <laughs> but, one was um, very different. Uh, that's all we can say right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, that'd be one is to see how two plays out. Everyone needs to play one, and and it, it's almost like you're in two different cults, like like or two different groups. Like mm. whether you do A or B for the ending yeah. determines what kind of person you are, and it's yeah. it's really interesting. And in how and so does the ending of because in the beginning when you start two you have to choose what you did at the end or how the game ended in in uh, life is strange one does that have a huge impact on two or is it just kind of a, a simple tie-in all right so it has two impacts the first impact um has it's very very minor okay um you will actually go past in your adventures Arcadia Bay because you okay. start in Washington and Arcadia Bay is Oregon. So in your path south, you will go past. So okay. depending on your answer, sure. you will see you'll yeah. see how things are. Um, your second option is uh, later on, there is a callback to Life is Strange 1. Again, saying this is the same universe. Um, and depending on your answer, you will have a bunch of different dialogue options okay. to the point that it's worth like YouTubing the other way hmm. if you chose the other answer because it's that much like that's like it doesn't change Life is Strange 2 story. It's more like an epilogue okay. to Life is Strange 1 based on the ending. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, reconfirming like these all sit, are take place in the same universe. Just like Stephanie mm-hmm. is in Life is Strange: True Colors, and she's in Before the Storm, which and and talks about Arcadia Bay and uh, like proves like oh yeah, this is still the same storyline, the same universe. Mm-hmm. They they all live together, cool. like in the same world. It's yeah, yeah. So I like that. That's I like cool. that connected. Yeah. I hopefully they they imp- the release a patch for the Switch version of True Colors so I can play the other uh, wavelength wavelength. I still haven't played it yet. Yeah, wavelength. Wavelength is really freezes good. up every time, or it doesn't freeze up, but I can't select it at all. Um, so so weird. Hopefully they release a patch there, and then I've, I've alerted them, but I don't I don't know if it's actually been fixed yet because I've been playing the other games. But. Wavelength also asks you your decision uh, at the end of one. Okay. Because of Stephanie's connection to the first game, even though she wasn't in the first game, she was in Before the Storm. Yeah. And and obviously, whatever happens in the first game affects her 
because she's also from Arcadia Bay, even though sure. she's out of it. Yep. So makes sense. it's it's really interesting to to hear that difference too. Hmm. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> now that we know, talked, life hey, is strange, cat. Like, here's legit, <laughs> legit thing. Okay, this just popped in my head. I don't have the time to do this, but this would be fun if we get a bunch of people that are saying yes, this would ha- happen. So I've been listening to other podcasts recently. Like um, I've been doing the uh, the Pod Meets World podcast. Um, that's like uh, for a few of the uh, Boy Meets World cast, and they're watching through the the old episodes of Boy Meets World. And they're talking about it. That's awesome. And it's so much fun. I love it. And so, would you, as our Nintendo Fuse podcast audience, would you enjoy if the three of us even like maybe went back and replayed Life is Strange or something like that and just did like a episodic sort of limited time like podcast? Again, I don't have the time for this, but if we get a bunch of people that say, <laughs> yes, we would want that sort of a thing, then I think we would we would entertain the idea um, because clearly so we can cool. talk about Life is Strange for a while. <laughs> What's funny is I played them and you guys like seem to have like no interest. And finally, I don't I don't remember how it happened. Oh, you had the review code or something. We yeah. started talking about it. Got Greg like, oh, that sounds great. I'm buying the game right now. And now it's like your hook. Now it's like, oh, I see, I see. Yes, this is worth playing. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. I don't know why. Like in the beginning, I think it was just one of those things. Like, oh yeah, that sounds cool, whatever. But it is it, as soon as you experience it, it is it is quite it, it's something. It's it's something good. I need to go sure. play the other. This don't nod did another game that's not Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it's called, but uh, I kind of want to try that because you know it's the same style. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Life is Strange three before they showed True Colors, so I, I kind of want to go and and try that. Mm-hmm. But I forget. I have to look up what the name is. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was released physically, but I have to check. Mm-hmm. Well. That we'll have to decide. So if, if you guys like that idea, let us know. Maybe maybe we'll even just dedicate an entire you know podcast to uh, episode to Life is Strange and test it out a little bit, um, especially once Greg gets into the the other games. So um, you get a month, yeah, get a month uh, to uh, give us some feedback before Greg starts into the other ones. So. <laughs> At least if he gets it on, if you're gonna get none on the day one, are you gonna be uh, picking it up right away, or are you gonna wait till like holidays or something? It probably will be day one because I mean I really like True Colors a lot, mm-hmm. and especially with my brother already telling me like he's telling me a little bit about like that story that I mentioned already. It was just it does sound very intriguing to almost be a day one buy. So yeah, yeah. And this the Arcadia Bay collection does that that includes just basically this. It's the same thing as the remastered, right? It's yeah. the Before the Storm and Life is Strange one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So cool. with the farewell episode. Okay, so hopefully the uh, Life is Strange two eventually comes out on on Switch as well. Um, yeah. Well, let's. I think it's time to to wrap up our Life is Strange, uh, you know, game chat that we've had today and uh, <laughs> move on to the end of the Life is Strange and motion sickness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got like three podcasts in one in this episode. You're welcome. Uh, but uh, that brings us to the episode, end of episode 257. Uh, we're going to be back in, uh, for the ne- next episode, uh, recording it live on September 12th. Uh, our recording schedule, of course, is every other Tuesday, or sorry, every other Monday. We haven't done Tuesday in a while. Um, every other Monday, and uh, that's at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And uh, I'd love to have you guys join in the chat as we record live. But of course, if you, 
you know, jump in uh, after the fact. Just let us know what your thoughts about any of the things that we talk about or the games you've been playing, any feedback like that. Uh, we'd absolutely love to hear it in our uh, comments section here on YouTube, but also you can let us know on social media and our Discord. Um, Greg, anything uh, happen in your world that you want to let the podcast audience know about over the next couple of weeks? Really not too much going on. I've just been trying to get some more distributors tied into Premium Edition games. That's been my primary focus there when I've been getting a chance to get that situated. I did get some orders in for like for like Rack and Ruin and um, Ore Body. So it's just nice to see that grow and working with the team, make sure we get uh, more business, obviously. So cool. pretty much it for me for on that side. Cool. Cool. Barry, how about you? Any more yeah, questions was, you're going to? <laughs> uh, possibly. Uh, so I did stay at Retro World uh, Expo, which was up in Hartford, Connecticut. Fantastic convention. Uh, got to meet some new people and, and see some people again for the first time. So I got I finally got to hang out with the Mortal Kombat guys, Carlos and Daniel. So so awesome to, to hang out with them. I got to hang out with Tim. Uh, Kitrov was there too. So uh yeah, it was just it was because everyone was talking about them. I'm like, I never got a chance to. So I finally got to to hang out with them, uh, see some people. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the uh, YouTube channel Toy Galaxy. Um, they do a bunch of cool uh, like take on like art toys from our kids, like the history of Transformers, GoBots, you know, the Secret Wars line of Marvel toys, and like all the adaptations. And uh, got to meet Dan Larson. Does it? I got to meet him. He's a really cool guy. And and uh, just just. A lot of a lot of fans of what we do, which was amazing. We did a panel and had people, you know, that came to the panel last year, came back again this year, and they were like, "Thanks for coming back. It was a lot of fun. I learned, you know, people I'd never heard of you. I'm buying the games. I'm loving the games, and uh, it's just that's the the big thing about doing it. So what was cool this time I got to do it with my wife because she came. So that was extra special because you know I was just hanging out and. Uh, Got to got to do it with Joe uh, from our team who came over, and so we I might do another show. Um, it's looking more like I will up in Syracuse, New York. Uh, that's October eighth and ninth. Um, so if if I do that, that's a four hour drive for me. So it's a, that's my only deterrent. If it wasn't four hours, I would be like, yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we did that, it would just be me and my wife. No no other team members close. Unfortunately, now I'm the, the, the only Northeast member. Hmm. So uh, need some more Northeast members. Come on. <laughs> uh, so so I'll be uh, be doing that show possibly. And, you know, it sh- I always say if I could – for me, it's just the drive to and from. If I could just teleport, I would do every <laughs> show because meeting everybody is great. Uh, you know, there's so many people that are just so cool. Just the fans are cool and the people walking around are cool and just hanging out with, with other YouTubers and influencers and – and just getting getting to see them again. Uh, console uh, Console Wars YouTube channel Console Wars Dan, who does our videos, drove up to Connecticut just to hang out and just mm-hmm. surprised us. We're like, hey, what's up? Uh, which was awesome just to hang out with him. And uh, you know, it's that's it. It's all about meeting people and hanging out and making making new connections. In fact, we made a connection with this really cool uh, 3D printing company, and we have a giveaway with them that's on our, our our twitter on premium edition and what it, they do is they 3d print I, I wish i had one here it's upstairs uh it's this little piece of plastic that goes inside a game boy case the original game boy case for the, each game that holds eight switch cartridges hmm. so you can hold eight 
Nintendo Switch cartridges in one Game Boy case and carry that with you. Hmm. And that's really cool. So we're actually giving away two of them on the Premium Edition Twitter. Um, they were nice enough to donate that. Uh, so that's something that we're, we're yeah, I, I was like, this is not, how did I never know this <laughs> before? Like, like what a novel idea to think about doing the, the 3D printing. So it's, it's with a group called Laser Bear Industries. So check them out too. Uh, really sweet guys. Uh, some really, ta- they're talented. They had some really cool stuff at their booth, but yeah, I was like, this is such a neat idea. So we're doing a giveaway and, uh, you know, you have a chance to win. I have them. I'll be sending them out. So, you know, check it out. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, we'll be back uh, live for episode 258 on September 12th. So join us live in the chat on either YouTube or Twitch. We'd love to have you. But uh, until then, everybody, uh, happy gaming. Have a good one. See you next time.